You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So yesterday I started to feel myself repeating myself a lot. Um, I'm, I, I feel an urge to keep hammering it because I don't have answers. And so my brain says, keep digging. But every time I dig, I keep finding the same thing. Like, there's, there's nowhere else to go, dude. This is, this is the hole. This is what we dug. So, because I'm... Uh, not super smart, and it takes me a long time to remember really obvious things. It was like, oh yeah, that's right. I have a bunch of people that I can ask their thoughts, their questions, their comments. And the only reason I'm super brilliant and thought of that is because people were asking me tons of questions. Obviously, <laughs> I was leaving a lot to be desired, you know, going down certain hallways, and people are like, well, what about this? And so, it, you know, a little light bulb, like, hey, let's see what people are wondering about. And so there's a big pile of that. I'm obviously not going to get to everything today, but I'm very excited to start digging into some of these things. A lot of really great questions and and thoughts. So we'll get as far as we can today and probably just pick it up tomorrow. Um, There is Thursday night football to talk about tomorrow, and if I can even remember it, it is a pretty, just a good game. I mean, as far as implications, it's it's great because it's Arizona and Seattle. It's two top-tier NFC teams right now. Meaning, one of them has to lose, which, as I've said a thousand times, for those of you saying, yeah, but one of them has to win, winning is the default. Most of these teams win most of the time, as evidenced by the fact that they're 6-3. and three. So a guaranteed loss is better than the fact that one of these teams has a guaranteed win. Because there's a very good chance if they didn't play each other, they both get wins. Does that make sense? So, plus, it's just, it's a good Thursday. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be able to really watch it, but it'll be good to talk about a little bit probably should stop talking now so that we have (laughs) i'm just about done with my thoughts on it already but there's that there's actually several pretty big games um baltimore tennessee are two six and three teams obviously the uh, packers and indy is a seven and two and a six and three team kansas city and las vegas pretty good game for two reasons number one uh, las vegas that's the one team that kansas city has lost to plus it's an eight and one team and a six and three team and then you got uh the la rams at six and three and tampa bay at seven and three so two other really big heavy hitters in the nfc so pretty good pretty 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 good but anyways let's start off with david bakhtiari's contract um i haven't talked about it a lot because we haven't had details yes he did get a new contract very excited about it um there was some very light conversation a while ago about maybe they don't resign him, um, but the more you thought about it, the more ridiculous it seemed. This is the kind of thing that you just don't let a guy like this walk. Now, if he was 32-ish, maybe, but again, he is, I believe, well, where is he now? I think Corey Lindsley's the number one center, Rodgers is the number one quarterback, and Devontae is the number one wide receiver, which, again, if you're really pessimistic about the team, I mean, I get it, but... Um, you got to find a way to enjoy this ride. Uh, David Bakhtiari right now is the fifth highest graded offensive tackle in football for the first time probably in his career, which is really, really exciting and a big part of the... Re- I mean, the only real big concern I had was the fact that it's third contract, which they usually don't give out. He's only 29, so the age really isn't that big of a factor, but it's certainly not young. 
Um, and then on top of that, it's, you know, he's always been a really premier pass blocker, but just not very good as a run blocker. He's very, very good this year. Um, although there's a lot of really good run blocking tag. I just wonder if just defenses in general not being as good or bumping that up. But to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, here are his um, run blocking grades through his entire career since 2013. 61, 54, 60, 64, 68, 69, 65, 83.4. Now, is that one of those unsustainable numbers? Yeah, maybe. But again, I, it's not impossible that a guy like Matt LaFleur who comes in and emphasizes it, um, as opposed to a guy in his career who's always been told, just just don't let anyone hit Aaron Rodgers and you're good. Maybe it's having somewhat of a positive effect on the guy. I don't know. But anyways, um, as always, the Packers structure these things in which it's not uh, that big of a disaster. I think the biggest issue is that it's actually not as backloaded as most of these contracts are. They did do a massive signing bonus, which they usually do. $30 million right up front, 61.5 total guaranteed. So basically half of his guarantees are already burned up. The other thing is, you know, again, premier tackles in the NFL right now are in the 20s. He's got a $16 million cap hit this year. It does go up to 19 next year, which is big. And again, it's it's surprising because I would have expected them to really backload the heck out of it um, so that they have a real light cap hit, but they didn't. It's $19 million in 2021, which is going to make 2021 pretty stiff. And um, we will probably, we, I, I guess, well, I don't know if I had those questions at the back of the line. Maybe I'll pull them up for the sake of conversation here. There's some guys we can certainly move on from to, to create space, but $19 million, um, that's bold. I was not expecting that at all. Again, usually that first year is just a, a real low number. Um, 2022, it's at exactly $20 million, which again, by itself is not that bad. It's just surprising to see the Packers basically just give them, you know, I mean, it's pretty, it, it just, it's a, it gradually goes up. Now you can't do that as much with a, with a shorter one as you can a longer one. Right, like Pat Mahomes getting a 10-year contract, you can certainly play with that a lot more. Um, the other thing that is true with the amount of money that he's being paid, and there's a lot of roster bonuses, and I don't actually know, and I, I it doesn't say here, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, because I said this with Pat Mahomes, and it ended up not being true. It depends when these things take effect. Pat Mahomes has this weird thing where um, once you cross this line, let's just say in tw- next year in March, you're guaranteed to get 2022 and 2023 bonuses. So you can't get rid of a guy, basically. I'm guessing the Packers didn't do that here, especially with an aging uh, veteran. But, you know, by the time 2023 rolls around, he's only 31. He should be fine. But he's only getting about $23.5 million, which sounds like a lot now. But I think that's going to be, there's going to be several guys probably ahead of him. But on top of that, his, his guarantees have been burned through so badly. If things really go south, we could possibly move on from Bakhtiari. I know that's not a fun conversation to have, and we probably don't need to worry about it. Tackles... Um, not all of them, but several of them have a history of going into their, you know, mid-30s, late-30s, whatever. But it's there. Uh, 2024, the final year of his contract, it does go all the way up to 27 and a half. It's kind of similar to Aaron Rodgers in, like, 2022, where you look at it and go, are you trying to get rid of this guy? Like, is, is are you setting this up to make sure that he's gone? Because that's a really big number, and there's a really low um, dead cap hit at that time. It's kind of kind of making me wonder, is all I'm saying. But yeah, the, the structure of it did surprise me a little bit. But uh, one of the questions that has been recurring, we've talked about it before, but it's uh, worth looking at again. 
as of right now, after the David Bakhtiari contract, were $17 million in the hole. The Packers were up $3 million. We're now negative 17 and a half. So very clearly, a lot of big things are happening. So as we go through the list, um, and, and the thing is, there's not that much you can do outside of getting rid of a lot of people because there aren't that many people that make a huge amount of money. And then when you subtract the people that have from that group of people who make a huge amount of money, how many of them there's no way we can get rid of, or if we get rid of them, we're not actually saving that much. For example, Aaron Rodgers, $31.5 million in 2021. If we get rid of Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, 36.3, 31 is his dead cap, so I kind of gave that away, spoiler alert. We're not saving 36 if we get rid of Aaron Rodgers. We save $5 million. So we can go ahead and scratch that off the list. It's not worth $5 million of moving around money to move on from Aaron Rodgers, unless they just hate Aaron Rodgers, which I think we've established is not the case. Ready to, you know, getting prepared to move on? Sure. Desperate to get rid of the guy as though he's just a piece of garbage? No. Then we come to Zadarius. Now, Zadarius is a candidate, although I don't think there's any way. His cap hit does go all the way up to $20.75 million which isn't great. His dead cap is 10, meaning there's $10 million in savings if they move on from Zedarius. Now, I know there's a lot of people that will consider this. Well, he hasn't been all that good, and I mean, he's not worth 20, so why would we keep him? I think the Packers see Zedarius as a crucial, pivotal piece of this defense, despite the stats not being quite as good. And again, remember, he's had the last couple games have been solid. Uh, he's above 10% in terms of pressures, which we know the outside linebacker coach has talked extensively about how pressures are way more important than individual sacks and whatnot. He's getting his groove back, and he's just, he's a, he's, he's a key piece. He's not going anywhere. Then you got David Bakhtiari. Obviously, we can't get rid of him. We just signed him. Then we get to our first candidate to save a little bit of money, and that's Devontae Adams. And no, I don't mean get rid of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is playing the best football of his entire career. I've said this several times. The guy gets better every single year, and the question just remains, when does he finally slow down? It has to be after this year. I don't know how you can top this. But Devontae Adams is only 27 years old. He's still extremely young. Next year is the last year of his contract. I don't exactly know how low they can get this, but his current cap hit is $16.6 million. There's no way we don't sign him to a really big contract. So my... My general thought is even if we can get this from 16.6 down to about, let's say, 10.6, that's an easy 6. I tend to think we can get it lower, but that may not be the case. I don't know. Now, that still leaves us like 11 in the hole, which brings us to Mr. Preston Smith. Preston Smith is due $16 million. Unfortunately, we still have to pay $8 million of his contract, but there's another $8 million to take Preston off the list. In my mind, this really is just a no-brainer. That's $14 million in savings. And again, the Devontae thing is up in the air, but I don't see any way that we don't do that. Again, we're going to give Devontae a new contract. And $16.6 million is a lot, and we have the opportunity by extending him to drop that number drastically. Um, Then we come to Billy Turner. If it's me, probably going to move on, although you don't save all that much. So maybe maybe I wouldn't even move on. $8 million is a decent chunk, but... He's owed four and a half, so we're talking three and a half million dollars, and as much as I think he's overhyped, I also think he's probably better than all the backups we have, and the guys that would probably take his place. Um, Then probably another really, really big one would be Christian Kirksey. He's due eight million dollars, there's only a two million dollar dead cap hit. Even if they really like Kirksey, how in the world do we keep the guy? How do you keep him? Six million dollars you can save by getting rid of Christian Kirksey? I'm sorry, 
no thank you. Um, after that is Kenny Clark. Obviously can't move on from him. But we then have Dean Lowry. And he's been the center of attention for quite some time. I've, I've, I mentioned him somewhat briefly yesterday and just got a flurry of people messaging me about Dean Lowry and how that was a mistake and we need to see less of him and more of the other guys. And I agree completely. He's actually had more snaps at defensive tackle than anybody else due to Kenny Clark's injury. He's the lowest graded defensive tackle on this entire team. He's been really, really terrible. He's a terrible pass rusher. He does nothing in the run game. Um, that's an additional $3.3 million to move on from Dean Lowry. Then you come to Rick Wagner. He was a good fill-in. Real nice of him to stop by. And again, I, I love the idea of having Rick Wagner here. I like that he provides a little bit of depth. But he's his dead cap hit is 1.75, and he's owed 6. So that's, you know, $4.25 million. So we're, we're, we're back in the black for sure. I don't think there's too much else that we can do. We're down into the $3 million range with a lot of rookies and whatnot. I mean, guys on their rookie contracts, so, you know... There's not much you can do with $3 million. Even if it's like, well, let's let's just pay Jair. Okay, well, how much lower are you going to get? You're not going to get lower than three. If anything, you're going to want to add on to it to kind of take off the future years. So the the, the biggest issue here with, with the way that this David Bakhtiari thing is structured, giving him $19 million this year, putting us $17 million in the hole, and we got to see what the actual cap is going to be next year. Um, it's not going to be good. I don't know what the exact numbers are going to be. Maybe this will change a little bit. Could get better. Could could get worse, depending on you know. Obviously, we were hoping this would be a one-year thing. It certainly seems like it's going to be going on for a very long time. I don't see any way we're getting out of this, pending a vaccine or whatever. I don't. I don't. Who who knows? Same people saying that a vaccine is going to fix things are saying that herd immunity herd immunity doesn't do anything because the the virus mutates. Hey. Dum dum. If it mutates, a vaccine doesn't do anything because a vaccine is just an, an an immunity based on what the fact that you've already gotten it. It's no different than if you'd already gotten it, except you know you don't get sick because it's a va- it's like a safe way to give you the virus so that you don't get it anymore. So if you don't believe that that's a thing, then you don't believe the vaccine's going to do it. I'm just I'm just saying, that's all a vaccine is. So if this thing's mutating, vaccine doesn't do anything. So I don't know. We're uh, sitting in our house for the rest of our lives, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure the brilliant overlords will be able to figure out the perfect way to to, to fix life for us. They're doing a bang-up job so far. <laughs> just Really, just think about it. I, I know I'm going to upset some people, but I don't care. Just, just think about how stupid this whole thing has been. We're going to ruin everything. You can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. Your business is destroyed. Poverty, mass depression, suicide, lack of quality health care because nobody goes to the doctor. All this stuff. Like, wow, that sucks, but is the virus gone? No, not at all. It's terrible out there right now. It's getting much worse, actually. Oh, great, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. All praise him, mighty government. Thank you for your wisdom, morons. (sighs) Anyways, I'm sure this time they're going to get it. This time's going to be great. Now we got it. So anyways, yeah, the salary cap uh, situation. I mean, that, jeez. I don't, I don't really even want to think about what the implications of this being long-lasting are. Like, the NFL will not survive long-term. I mean, it's, it's, it has a devastating long-term effect what's happened in one year. If this happens again, we've com- we have to compound that. I mean, what's going to happen when the salary cap goes down for four, five, six, seven years? Well, what's going to happen is what I said would happen back the last couple times we talked about this. Everybody's taking pay cuts, right? <laughs> the only reason the salary cap keeps going up, I mean, the, the salaries keep going up, is because the cap keeps going up. The salary cap goes down, the salaries go down. I guess deal with it. I don't know. 
But anyways, it's it's bleak. And and if there's anything we've learned about the nineteen million dollar contract, it's that basically there's almost I don't see any possible way we sign anybody else. I mean Lindsley, uh, King, and I mean it's not just the guys that we know about. I mean it's what about Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Jamal Williams, Tyler Irvin, Tim Boyle, Lane Taylor, Billy Wynn, Montrevious, Tyler Lancaster, James Burgess, Will Redmond, Raven Green, Perry Nickerson. Well, maybe one or two, I don't know. And then it gets real bad because we got a huge pile of guys after that. You want to know how I know we're definitely drafting a wide receiver soon? Devontae, MVS, Equinemius, and Devin Funches are all done after this upcoming year. Now, again, we probably extend David, uh, excuse me, Devontae, but Marquez is going to be gone. Equinemius is going to be gone. Funches is going to be gone. I mean, I know we got Alan Lazard for a while, but it's just, that's basically it. On top of that, Lucas Patrick, Rick Wagner, Christian Kirksey, Oren Burks, Jair, Josh Jackson, J.K. Scott, Hunter Bradley, Oren, I think I said Oren. All these guys need contracts the next year. You think we have money? We don't have have money next year. You know Aaron Rodgers' contract goes up to $39 million in 2022? There's no money. (laughs) There's not. So, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible to sign someone else, assuming that someone is like Corey, who in the first year is going to get like three million bucks and then it goes up. But I just, I don't see it, man. So it's definitely bleak, but look, the Packers structured it the way they structured it for a reason. And and the, and the unfortunate reason reasoning that I can conclude here is why is it you're willing to suffer now rather than later? It's because they see later as bleak. That's why, right? I mean, the, the, they're not assuming, hey, let's keep pushing things out because it, the salary cap's going to go through the roof. I mean, they've already played that game with several people. So they're kind of getting to the point where they're squeezed later as well. Also, they probably need to figure out something with David uh, Devontae Adams. Again, if we're extending him and we push out his contract and we got Kenny Clark's contract starting to get massive and we got, you know, Devontae's is getting big and we got, uh, you know, Bakhtiari's contract is getting big. Everybody's contracts are ballooning we're running out of we can't have david bakhtiari getting 26 27 million so i mean it's it's you start filling in not just 2021 but 2022 2023 2024 what do the contracts look like at those times and you try to look at it based on a percentage because you don't know who the quarterback or wide receiver or defensive tackle and all these things are going to be necessarily so you don't know who's getting all these contracts but you know the general percentages and and in order to get a percentage you got to know what the salary cap is well, suddenly, if you start cranking down what the salary cap is, it's like, well, we might be done in 2023, man. I mean, we, we're kind of maxed out here. 2024, we can't be pushing any more money out. Meaning, if we're giving guys contracts, it's kind of just a, a normal, starting from day one, you're getting you know a little less than your average. And by the time it goes through, you know, if $23 million is the average, you never really get $23 million in today's dollars. It's kind of the way that works, right? So $19 million is what you get, and then the $19 million goes up with the cap. But again, if the cap doesn't go up, then then it's, then yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. I don't know. That's just, it's just not good. It's hurting my brain and my heart to think about uh, the situation in which things don't actually get better. The salary cap never goes up because there's never any fans and people keep opting out. There's no money in football anymore, and uh, it's not good. Anyways, this has taken up uh, quite a bit of time, so let's take a break here, and we'll be right back and see what we can get to on the other side. Probably not very much. If you've been feeling down on your luck, then, well, then maybe go do something else. But if you're feeling up on your luck, feeling a little bit lucky, you should probably check out mybookie.ag. 
It's a great place to bet on all your favorite sports and, I mean, and whatever else. The election's done, but you can, I mean, you still haven't missed out on betting on global warming or, uh, or the Pope, I think, is a thing. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a thing, though. Point is, whatever you feel like putting money on, my bookie's willing to take that action. Maybe not at this exact second because their website doesn't seem to <laughs> be working for me. That's all right. It's out there somewhere. And they've got odds boosts, lightning deals, free bets all season long. Thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, contests every single week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. But make sure if you're signing up for the first time that you use promo code OVERTIME, they're going to match your deposit halfway, meaning you put down 200 bucks, they're going to give you $100 in free money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Ba-ba-bing-bow. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, one of the questions that came up was how long did we lock up Dean? I kind of already talked about that. Point is, we can and should get out of it as early as next year. I don't know if they will. He's another guy that they seem to like. You know, they they paid him a bunch of money back when he was not all that great. Uh, he just seems to kind of be a Mike Pettin guy. I mentioned how he likes those 295, six foot six, you know, really long arm, lean guys that can use those long arms to keep offensive linemen off of them but are still lean and agile enough to kind of do stuff whether it's you know outside zone you got to be able to move laterally which is kind of the biggest problem with the 340 pound nose tackles and whatnot not a ton of lateral agility and athleticism in those guys but the point is it's just not working and I think what we see a lot of the time is the one way that I reconcile the the fact that on occasion Packers, the, the Packers organization, coaches, whatnot, will use somebody who PFF is telling us is not good um, comes down to competency. And what coaches seem to prefer is a guy who does a bad job doing what he's told 
meaning he is doing what he's told, it's just not working very well, compared to a guy who's not doing what he's told, but is, is just a decent enough football player. Right? In other words, it's it's wildly, frustratingly, maddeningly... Too many Lees. I don't know how to end this. Frustratingly maddening. There we go. Fixed it. For a coach to design a play. I'm going to call a play, and it didn't work because you didn't go to the right spot. Or maybe it, it worked out fine. And that's another area where it's like, why would you... He's not doing anything wrong. Everything's working. Why are you not liking this guy? No, 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 no. It worked despite him. I don't know if you remember, it was a while ago, but uh, there was a play, I think Rick Wagner was playing left tackle. I don't know if this was a Coach Hahn thing or somebody else caught it or maybe it was just live on TV, but he just went the wrong way. I think it was I think it was one of the Hahn's videos. But yeah, it's just the, the offensive line is doing a thing and he just didn't do that thing. And so somebody just stunted inside of him and got right to the running back because he's supposed to flow with the offensive line. Everybody works as a unit. So Dean Dean knows how to do his job in terms of he understands when you call this, this is what I need to do. This is what we should be looking for. He's very cerebral. I'm just assuming. The problem is execution. And again, it seems like coaches prefer understanding before execution. At least do what I need you to do. Be where I need you to be. If you miss the tackle or can't get off the block, that's frustrating, and maybe we'll try to find somebody to replace you that can. But in the meantime, I'm not putting somebody out there that I don't trust knows what I'm trying to tell them what to do. And so, again, you've got, I mean, the highest-graded guys on our defense right now, uh, defensive line, Kingsley Kiki is, I think, number one. Then I think Montrevious and Kenny Clark are close. I know Montrevious is better in some categories, possibly, I think, run defense. Uh, but bottom line is D- D- Dean is, is at the bottom. He's clearly the number two in Mike Pettin's defense, but, you know, it's it's time to pass the torch, man. It just is. Kingsley Kiki has arisen. I mean, he's 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 got a long way to go, although he's doing a decent job. I mean, again, he had two pressures last week on 10 attempts. That's 20%. That's, that's not just not bad. That's incredible. Granted, on smaller sample sizes like that, it, it doesn't mean quite as much because you don't know how... It's not as though he would have done that if he had 50 opportunities. <laughs> you know, gets 100... Pr- or, or, yeah, he gets 100 pressures on 50 opportunities, you moron. Anyways, 10. 10 is the answer. That's what the Packers have to be doing is, is looking at the real high-priced guys and saying it's time for the younger guys to step up. And I think Kiki has stepped up into that spot. Montrevious is due a contract, so that's kind of... Although he's not going to cost very much and he does seem to be stepping up, I, I, I just... I mean, maybe for the sake of depth, if we're getting rid of Dean and Montrevious, that's not great. But, um, you know, there, there's always... The Packers always have sixth, seventh round undrafted guys playing defensive tackle at times. If if they really need the money, I have a feeling they can uh, they can move on. We'll do one more question because we are getting short on time, um, and it also kind of goes in line with what we're talking about here, and that's defensive tackles. Matt asked me a question via text um, yesterday. He said, essentially, are is it is it possible that the laxness in offensive line holding is causing issues for Kenny Clark. In other words, do me a favor, check out all the other defensive tackles and see if they're having down years as well. Now, my first thought is, as much as I'm sure Matt understands this and realizes this as well, but maybe you could answer part of it, but still, when we're talking about 1% over the last four weeks, I think I said, or I think he's at like 4% on the season, which is just putrid, talking about pressure percentage, Holding doesn't account for that. But here's the issue. Um, In short, no. In fact, there are several defensive tackles who are having fantastic years, even for themselves. I mean, I'm just talking like elite, elite years. The opposite of down years. 
So I think uh, the, the best comp to Kenny Clark has always been Chris Jones. Young, you know, elite pass rush type who's really good. I mean, they, they've always been kind of one-two, kind of who's better, Chris Jones or David or or, uh, or Kenny Clark. And it's kind of been a back-and-forth battle up until recently. As I said, 2019, Kenny had a down year. And then 2020, he's completely fallen off a cliff. Chris Jones has been consistent. He, I mean, they were almost identical. 2017, 89, 2018, 90. It was it was Kenny Clark and Chris Jones, and then again he stayed at at that level eighty nine and eighty six, while um, Kenny went down into the seventies and is now into the sixties. But right now, at this particular point in time, he has thirty six pressures on the season. Again, Kenny has five. I believe it's five. Chris Jones has six sacks on the season so far. I think Chris Jones has more sacks than Kenny Clark has pressures. But um, while Kenny is at four percent, Chris Jones is actually at fourteen and a half percent meaning 14.5% of the time when he tries to get to the quarterback, he's able to get there in some capacity. This is up from last year at 13.3%. If you look at, for example, Grady Jarrett, Grady Jarrett's at 11.7%. Not super ultra elite, but it's a good year. I mean, those those are kind of roughly Kenny Clark's numbers on a good year, 12-ish percent. And for context, Grady Jarrett was at 9.3 last year. So again, it's an up year for him. And he's actually been coming on real strong down the set, down the stretch here. You look at uh, Stefan Tuitt over there at uh, Pittsburgh. Obviously, everybody over there is having a great year, but uh, he's actually at 44 pressures already this season. He hasn't had 44 pressures in a season since 2016. He's by far having the best pass rushing season of his entire career. The last time he had this many pressures was in 2016. He had 51, and the season before that, he had 51. In both of those seasons, he had over 600 pressures. He's at 300 right now. Meaning he's on pace for being in the 80s as far as his pressures. Highest he ever had again was 51. He's got 44 pressures on 302 attempts. That's 14.6%. And then, of course, there's a great Aaron Donald, um, who's actually up also. He's at 17.2% on the season. He was at a little under 14% to end the season last year. So, no, it's it's not the case. I mean, even when you look at, well, defenses in general are struggling, you would expect a little bit of regression. The top-end defensive tackles, the guys that, you know, I don't really care about some stupid pandemic. I'm a beast. I'm a monster. I'm going to handle my business. They're handling their business, and they're having banner years. Kenny Clark is, is not even a mediocre defensive tackle at this point. Um, I think somebody else asked me, he's got a trend of doing better in December. Do you expect that to continue? The answer I have is no. Um not that he isn't going to improve. I, I, I think if he just stood still on the football field and fell forward, he would have a good chance of reproducing what he's done over the past, um, you know, first half, three quarters of a season. If we're talking about him breaking out and, and being like these top guys, getting five pressures in a game, not in a season, I just don't. I, I think, you know, although I expect improvement, I, I just think something's kind of broken with him and I don't know what the problem is. But it's very concerning. It's very, very concerning because this is the second year in a row. Um, we just paid him a lot of money, and, and he is. It, it's not even a question of, well, he's not top 10 anymore. He's not even a mediocre defensive tackle right now. Similar to a lot of other things, I don't know what's broken, but fix it. And if, if there's in any way that this is Mike Pettin's fault, because again, it, at some, on some level, it's about getting the best out of your guys, and we know what the best of Kenny Clark is, and he's not doing it right now. We know what the best of Zadarius looks like. He's not doing it, although he is getting better. 
We've seen what the best of Preston is. We're not seeing that right now. We know what the best of Blake Martinez is because he went to another team and they showed us. We know what the best of Adrian Amos is because we saw it with the Bears. So, you know, you want to talk about wasting people's prime. And again, if it's not Kenny's fault, whose fault is it? How do you explain everybody just doing so poorly? I mean, I look, I, I'm, I'm being mean to Kenny and because I'm, I'm just, I'm furious because this is beyond unacceptable. Beyond unacceptable. This is, this is like if Aaron Rodgers showed up and played at a Trubisky level. Literally. This, is a, this would be like a top three quarterback playing like a bottom three quarterback. Beyond unacceptable. Beyond disgusting. Figure it out, man. Because again, and I, I hate to bring it back full circle again and keep pounding on it, but this team doesn't win or lose based on who we pick up next year. This team wins or loses based on whether the guys we have are willing to step up or not. You know, Kenny had a real, he graded out great last week yeah against the run he did and that's great and I'm glad he's finally starting to wake up it's getting cold so he's starting to play well we need better pass rush from him and no that doesn't mean back off the run defense and and pick up the no as much as you get paid as, as as good of a football player as you are stay as good as you are against the run also be a better pass rusher do both please and thank you but anyways, we didn't get to quite as much as I had hoped, but we got a lot of questions to rip through. Very excited. Thank you very much to everybody who got those out. I will uh, sift through the rest of them, try to put together a, a more concise show for tomorrow. But you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.